It's now time for Steve Cleave's Big Heave. Toby, we started the discussion earlier in the show, but I want to continue it here, so feel free to join in. Now, my, my big heave this week is giving credit where credit is due. And credit is due to Emma Stewart, Clayton Tonkin, and the whole team down there uh, that work there. Um, a lot of people, and you read a lot on socials, and, you know, people begrudge them for the dominance that they have and especially in these uh vic breads breeders crowns you know the juvenile style racing that i sort of get a little bit i suppose sick and tired of people complaining about the dominance and i'm going to throw it down to so they can maybe look at it in a different light so basically clayton and emma have a business model and their business model is young horses and they do their business model to an absolute T. If we go and have a look at the top 10 trainers uh, in the state's trainers premiership, and we'll just quickly run through them, and, and none of this is a knock on any other trainer that we mentioned, so don't take it that way. Clayton and Emma, or Emma Stewart, sitting on top by a long way. Julie Douglas does not concentrate on young horses, so yep. she's sitting second. Does Ben Yole concentrate on young horses? No. No. He's sitting third. Jess Tubbs is is concentrating on younger horses and probably, I suppose, the main competition to Emma in that regards. She's sitting fourth. Andy Gath doesn't really concentrate on the young horses. And then we've got Chris Venosio and Brent Lilly who more look at the trotting sides of it. Alex Ashwood's business model is not on young horses. Andrew Voslick is not on young horses. And Marg Lee, well, Marg does have a lot of young horses and they'll probably start to climb the ladder again now that they've got their track and everything else sorted out and, you know, they've got a lot behind them. But basically, the top trainers, their business models are not these juvenile races. So, you know, you look at people and say, oh, I don't want to pay up because it's dominated by Emma and all this sort of stuff. But Look at it the other way. They, they deserve a bit of congratulations for the job that they do. They are so consistent. And, and like you say, with Mark Purden, you know, over in New Zealand and things like that, we've got to stop doing a little bit of tall poppy syndrome. You know, we've, we've, if you've got champions of your sport that are consistently turning out these results, I think they need to be celebrated a little bit more than bagged. And uh, it's just something that sort of gets me a little bit. You know, if, if you're worried that you can't compete, well, maybe look at something to try and help you compete. Does it mean that, do I need to improve my breed? Does it mean, do I need to maybe look at a different style of training? And and I'm not saying you should or you shouldn't, but I know I do. I look at it every time that I go to breed a horse now. If I'm not improving my breed, I'm not going to breed it. So little things like that have opened my eyes up to it. And it's also changed my look on how I train horses as well. And I'm never going to be able to match it with an Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin. And I don't uh, think I ever will. And I don't have, you know, crazy dreams. But uh, I don't think that we should be bagging, um, you know, our our people that are absolutely, uh, you know, doing their business model to an absolute T. I know there was a bit of, you know, stuff's happened in the past and that's never a good look and hopefully that all gets sorted out. Um, But when you look at even the thoroughbreds, you know, Chris Waller, um, Kieran Maher and David Eustace, they they get celebrated for the jobs that they do. And I I just think maybe, you know, this complaining about dominance is uh, just, it's not a good way to advertise our sport. 
Well, you touch on a good point here. So in those top 10, I'd say there's eight different business models. Emma's, yep. Emma's is buy from yearling sales, get the best bred horses she can uh, and train them up for basically two, three, four-year-old racing. And then, yep, horses get injured along the way. And then and then the ones that survive through go into the Acknows, et cetera. The, the Anderson and Douglas business model is a lot of buy horses relatively cheap from New Zealand and just keep running them and running them through the classes and get them up to that 80, 90 bracket. The Ben Yol, Robbie Walters one is the NR system and getting horses and just racing them as much as you can in that lower in that lower level. Uh, Jess Tubbs and Andy Gath probably got similar business models where they're training driving partnerships and they, they probably go into all areas of harness racing almost, if that makes sense, generally playing from NR50 up. Chris Sinocio and Brent Lilly are very similar. They probably fo- focus a little bit more on trotters and, than paces, but they both will train both, of course, and, and vary from young horses right through to open age horses. Alex Ashwood has um, the two ends of the spectrums. He wants the top horses and the very bottom level horses to go to Mildura. Andrew Voslicks has the best business model of the lot. He trains in Mildura and goes to the trots once a week, <laughs> which I don't, <laughs> which is he's not a bad effort. And talk about he was washed out. He was underwater. His track was probably a meter underwater still at this time last year. So for the fact that he's driven trained fifty four winners this year is astounding. And the Marg Lee one's different again, as the majority of theirs is around breeding their own horses. So yeah. there's eight different business models in our top 10, and people will knock the most successful of those business models. But Marg Lee is probably the leader in that style of business model, if that makes sense, with only the 54. And Andrew Voslick is the leader in Mildura with 54 winners. So... Uh, yeah. Just because Emma's uh, leading the business model on the Breeders' Crown Vic bread, yeah, we shouldn't knock them. We should ad- we should adore them and adulate them for what they do because they do it so brilliantly well. And and there's an opportunity there too, Toby. Sorry to cut in. No, you're but right. Pete, Peter Manning was dominant yeah. with the two-year-olds, and we didn't knock Peter Manning. Everyone loves Pete, you know. He's just a quiet old country bloke, you know, that everyone just looked at and went, wow, how good a job is Peter Manning doing? Well, Clayton and Emma learnt off Peter, and then they took that away and put their own polish on it to create the system that they run by now. So if there's any young kids out there wanting to become trainers, you know, my advice would be go and get a job working for Clayton Emma. Shut your mouth, open your eyes, learn what they do. Then when you leave and you want to take up your own training, take their methods and try to put your own polish on it. That's exactly what but, they've done and the opportunities there for other people to do the same. But but to the next length, it was half Peter Manning and half Peter Tonkin. And Peter Tonkin was was well-renowned for rejuvenating older horses as well, if you ask me. Yeah, so, especially in, injury-prone horses for sure. So you've got the best of both worlds there. So maybe you need to do six months of the year with um, Robbie Walters and Ben Yole and six months of the year with Emma Stewart because, (laughs) in all seriousness, what Robbie is doing with those older horses and racing them twice a week, and he's in a partnership, everyone knows, with Ben Yole, it's bloody outstanding how he keeps getting winners. We don't recognise that probably as good as we should either, and it's 99 in Victoria, but he's probably got 20 or so in New South Wales as well. So, yep, there's some trainers doing wonderful things in how they choose to tackle the board and I think all 10 of those are outstanding people and uh, I yeah can't knock any of them and uh, yeah 
One of the highlights was Willow and and uh, her little friend. I think it's Alan McDonough's daughter with with the red hair. They they kept on get. They were in every carriage ride that they could get be a part of on Saturday <laughs> night. Sam Stewart wasn't so worried. Peter Gleeson sitting at home having a Shiraz, I think, and watching the trots from uh, probably on Trots Vision all live and free at the trots.com.au. So he wasn't there. So those two went on their own little private couple of journeys up and down the straight, and, <laughs> and it took me back to me being a kid and being. In that age and running around at the trots and free to do what you want and and then making sure you're there at the end of the night so you can get a lift home with your parents it was uh yeah it was wonderful stuff no nah, great stuff